it's time to relax. You know what that means. It's time for the show featuring two people you at least want to be if you could unzip yourself and step out and be somebody else. Meaning me, Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. <laughs> Yay. We're back. Sunday, we're back with another episode. Who knows when this is actually going up, but right now it's Sunday. So I'm sure you're all at church. <laughs> yeah, all of you. <laughs> Even the Jewish ones. <laughs> at our church. <laughs> Church's chickens. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back this week to uh, to dive into our main topic. Uh, we're continuing our look at the Rocky franchise with Rocky Four. <clears throat> we're finally up to Rocky Four. Uh, which really, for me, um, in my opinion, is probably the most rewatchable of these movies. Um, this one I can get through over and over again with no problem. Like, I just love this movie. It's only 90 minutes long, and it feels like less than that because it literally just flies by. There really isn't any part of this movie where I'm just like, oh, this drag is like, <laughs> get to the next part. <laughs> like, I like it all. Um, the fact that it's kind of more music video than movie. <laughs> I feel like definitely helps it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because it just really helps kind of go through. And uh, it doesn't deal with a whole lot of, you know, Story. the usual sadness. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I don't know how you felt about it. Let's get your uh, your opinion well, before be- we get into the details. Before I do that. So, basically, after I watched this movie, I wanted to know where everybody else ranks these movies. So, I went on to the Google <laughs> just to kind of, like, yeah. see what people say about this one and other ones that we've obviously watched and just all of them in general. Now, I know that everybody apparently hates Rocky Five the most. It doesn't matter what list mm-hmm. I went to. Rocky Five is the most hated. So, boy, that gives me something to look forward to. <laughs> but Yeah, it's universally hated. Right after that one is this one. On most <laughs> lists, Rocky Four, and I was like, "Hmm, that is interesting." Um, yeah, I mean, on one hand, I get it because it's definitely over the top and it's very cheesy. There's certainly some what the fuck moments in this movie for sure. Yep. So I get that, but I kind of feel like I've always just loved loved this movie. I feel like a lot of people have come around in recent years. Where, like, they kind of loved, like, I was watching the uh, the Honest commentary for the Honest trailer for this movie a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And uh, they were talking about, like, one of the guys was like, you know, I think I used to love this movie ironically. Kind of like The Room or something like that. But now I just straight love it. <laughs> and I've always been on that page. Where it's just like, this movie is so much fun. It's got all the heart. It's got, like, it gets you more in the feels than any of them, I feel like. Like, this movie really, <laughs> I don't know, just really makes my heart like fill up with with i don't know emotion hmm okay <laughs> so i i love this movie it's very, very 80s it's uh it's clearly embracing a new time <laughs> but yes i love that it is all things it's that i enjoy definitely super 80s um i'm not against that the songs and music were pretty good um but yeah that's i just thought it was kind of crazy that they put this one as <laughs> number whatever the hell it was, pretty much the second worst. And of course, Rocky one being the best on, I think every list that I saw, which is I almost know. blasphemy. <laughs> That's why 
I can see why people don't like this one, because if you're looking for that first one where it's a very realistic story about just an underdog off the streets who's living, you know, a poor life and that kind of thing. And it's very set in, you know, a realistic setting where if you come to this one and you're just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this is way over the top. And I can see why you, if that's what you're looking for, just a small character piece, then you're not getting that here. There's not so much of that. It's much more of an action movie. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start off our details to this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it starts off with a pretty sweet. It's so corny looking, but I like it is the uh, the shot of the boxing gloves. Like you got the one that's all painted in the stars and stripes. And then you yeah. got the Russian one coming up and then they like, crash into each other and explode. Like, I love that scene. It's so like goofy looking because like it doesn't move very fluidly. You can tell they're like on machines that aren't working very well. But goddamn, it's so good, and it sets up kind of what the whole movie is going to be about. Yeah, I like that too. I did notice the the like the opening credit scenes where it is the gloves, and I was like, no, oh, this is neat. I guess it definitely was eighties, so I was like, oh, okay, yeah. it's reminiscent, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, we should mention this movie. Uh, the first three movies, the score was all done by a guy named Bill Conti. Uh, this one, they got a different guy. Finally, they got this guy Vince DiCola. Who I know I've heard some people say that like they hate the score, but I fucking love all the songs in this movie, <laughs> all the score. I think it's fucking genius. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> Jesus. We're going to talk about the songs in specifics later on. Um, when I was like in, uh, I don't even know, probably junior high, uh, back when I was getting CDs from the library, the Rocky Four soundtrack was one of this, the soundtracks or one of the CDs I used to get from the library. And I copied it all onto like a you know a tape. And would listen to it all the fucking time. <laughs> the score is fucking genius in this movie. It's so 80s and synthesizer heavy, but I fucking love it. It's all right. <gasps> blasphemy. Now that's from blasphemy. It's right not there. blasphemy. It's, <laughs> it's just all right. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it hurts the movie, but I don't think it's genius. <laughs> I mean, that's an extreme. Well, well, we'll get there, but I loved it. All right. So, uh, we start out officially then with uh, a look back at the fight from the end of, of the last movie, as they usually do. Uh, we get to see him versus Apollo in the ring again for the third time. Uh, still no results as to who won. They just kind of cut to the title and then cut to him coming home after the fight. Where his kid's got a, got a video camera that's shining in his face. Yep. I do like the where he's like, oh, where'd you get that hat? A friend gave it to me. Where'd you get that black guy? Same friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a nice relationship you got there. Yeah. It's going to get really stupid after you. this. <laughs> I love this. It's so fucking stupid, but I goddamn love it. Uh, so inside the house, they're having Polly's birthday celebration. <laughs> they're all excited to give Polly his present. Polly wants a sports car, of course, because that's who Polly is. But he does not get a sports car. In fact, he gets a giant fucking robot. I hate this robot comes in with a passion. Oh, I love the robot. I, I don't, love this fucking robot. This so robot honestly almost ruins this entirety of the movie. 
It should never have existed. I don't know why it's in this movie. It's a boxing movie. Again, they just like go off the rails and they jump on the shark and they get a giant ass robot that is kind of like this butler thing for both. And I don't even know whose robot this is because unless there's two of them, because there's times where Rocky says uh, to his son, well, go talk to your robot. And then Paulie's like, that's my <laughs> robot. And then it's just like, whose fucking robot is this? Is there two of them? Because I only see one ever. And, it, and I don't even yeah. want to see that. I feel like it's kind of like the uh, the family robot, even though it was Polly's present. But now the kid's responsible for it once Polly goes away. Uh, yeah, this is definitely like I never would have expected there to be a robot in the Rocky movies. I don't think anyone did. So it's certainly one of the moments where people are just like, what the fuck? Why is this happening now? Yep. But it does lead to one of my favorite moments later on when Apollo first meets the robot. And hit the look on his face. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, even after the robot leaves, he's still kind of looking that way and trying to get back into what he was talking about. But he's just like, yeah, uh, so he's just clearly, like, thrown. And, like, what the fuck was that robot about? I hate that robot. That's some of the greatest acting I've ever seen by Carl Weathers. <laughs> he's just so confused. <laughs> Uh, apparently the robot came about because that, that was an actual robot uh, that was like remote controlled that apparently Sly Stallone saw the guy being interviewed who created this robot. And uh, it was kind of designed, I guess, to help autistic kids who like don't interact well with like real people. So that was, you know, they would interact with this robot and it would help them out. And one of Stallone's kids, I guess, was autistic so, you know, Sly saw it and was very interested, and he, you know, had the robot come on to help his kid, and it seemed to be helping his kid out a lot. So he, like, he fell in love with this robot and was just like, I'm going to put it in the movie. I still don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have been there. I know. I get it. It's goofy. It's over the top, but it it definitely sets this movie apart from the other ones because you're like, that one had a fucking robot in it. It shouldn't be like that. It should be Rocky's boxing a robot, not actually just having a robot. Boxing a robot would be an amazing movie. Having a that robot is amazing. not good. I also like that Polly reprograms it somehow to have a girl's voice. But when is this? Ever, when have they ever said that Polly would be able to work like complicated electronics and program robots? There's like a whole other movie here where he like went out and gained some kind of robotics know-how, which I don't think was very easy to do in the 80s. Nope. I know. I would totally watch that movie. Just a movie about how Polly built like got this robot to be a girl and whether or not he was fucking the robot. Because given what we know about Polly, there's a pretty good chance he was. Yes. At least spraying his seed all over it. <laughs> yeah, if you do it inside, that could kind of break the robot. And then your fun is all over with. Well, anyways, we move on to Rocky doing a weird, <laughs> like, I think it was probably the same night where it was Polly's birthday. But he walks upstairs with a cake himself to Adrian to celebrate their ninth anniversary. And uh, they do a nice little lovey scene, which is pretty nice. Kind of gives you kind of a, an idea of how far along in the future we are at this point and gives you kind of a basic timeline, which is cool. Um, but My favorite part of that is where he's just like, open your prize. Instead of like calling it a present or yeah. a gift, he's like, open your prize. 
Yeah. And of course she gets this weird oh, watch. Um, but then we, we move on to, I believe the next a lot scene of watches where, in this series where, yeah. Um, <laughs> we move on to Apollo kind of throwing tennis balls in a pool and, um, he's got the TV next to the pool and we get our first glimpse at this new Russian fighter who is apparently claiming the title of, um, world heavyweight champion or world heavyweight amateurs champion. Um, basically he's claiming this title and he wants to move into America. So he could try to claim the title from, uh, Rocky. Well, of course, Apollo sees this and he, he can see that he's strong, but he also can kind of tell that apparently he's clumsy from an interview. I'm not entirely (laughs) sure, but I'm assuming he's done his homework and maybe have seen this somehow, some way. Um, but yeah, we get to look at Ivan Drago, but of course he doesn't actually introduce himself. Just his wife just nonstop talks for him. She's the mouth. Peace. He uh, has very few lines in this whole movie, but when he does, I really like them. <laughs> They're different. Um, but yeah, so Apollo uh, uh, calls up Rocky and pretty much – and then the, a more robot. Uh, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky has to pick up the phone, but the robot has a phone attached to it. So he picks up the phone attached to the robot and – the robot just for some reason keeps spinning around, so Rocky is attached <laughs> to the robot, spinning around with the phone, trying to talk to Apollo, and then I'm assuming, he, I don't know, it goes into this weird scene where Rocky says, I'm dizzy, I don't know, it's a weird scene. Yeah, yeah. no, that's not their strongest moment. <laughs> nope. Writing-wise. I'm getting dizzy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically Apollo has to come over. Um, and then we go into your scene where Apollo does come over and they're all chatting about how Apollo wants to give it, uh, you know, a, another shot in the ring and wants to take on this Ivan Drago. He, again, notices that he's strong. He notices also that he's probably clumsy and he says this could be a good shot for me to get back in the ring and for an American to fight this Russian guy, kind of do an international fight as an exhibition match would would give him back the limelight a little bit, uh, something that yeah. it seems like he's missing. Um, so of course, uh, Adrian's kind of warning against this. She doesn't think it's a good idea at all. Right. They start watching old films and he just is clearly reminiscing about all the old times and kind of about how people used to care about him when you're a fighter. But as soon as you retire, like nobody cares anymore. No one's asking for autographs. And he just, you can clearly see he's very upset and kind of missing the old days. And even they start really foreshadowing with all the stuff about him talking about like, well, if a warrior doesn't have a, a fight to fight, he might as well be dead. And you're like, oh, boy, don't go saying stuff like that, Apollo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of this whole, like, Adrian doesn't think it's a good idea. Even Rocky's kind of like, I don't I mean, you're, you're, you're getting old, Apollo. You're getting old. <laughs> so they just keep bringing up the fact that Apollo is this old, old band now, and he shouldn't be doing it but because he's, he's just so old. He's so old. He's, I mean, probably in his... <laughs> early 30s he shouldn't be fighting so basically um uh, they, he's way over the hill yeah he can't do it anymore he's too, too old Paul. um so he's got to go into the old folks home and sit there now this is 33 the, also the part where like paulie's in there and stuff like that and the robot comes in and there's a stupid robot um but anyways <laughs> um we kind of move forward to just uh rocky and apollo talking to each other and you know, Rocky still doesn't think it's the greatest idea, but Apollo's saying, I need you there in my corner. He wants him there. He wants him to get in the corner. And they pretty much 
uh, go right into saying, yeah, Apollo, let's do this kind of thing. Cause then they go right into the, uh, the interview with Apollo and Ivan Drago, which I hesitate to even say that cause there's no interview with Ivan Drago. It's just interviewing <laughs> his wife, which is just so annoying. Yep. So fucking annoying. <laughs> but I do like this. There's a cool contrast between these movies, right? Between at least the, the 80s versions. You had Clubber Lang, who's the talker. He, he talked. He did yep. too much talking. He talked so much that that's what pissed Rocky off. Um, he talked and said he wanted to be with Adrian, get with a real man. And it's like, wow, this guy's <laughs> just a piece of shit because he talks too much. And then you've got the complete opposite end of the spectrum where Ivan Drago doesn't talk at all. <laughs> No. He says zero pretty much <laughs> throughout the movie. Talking. Yeah, so I I thought that that was a pretty cool contrast between the two uh, these two new fighters. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to see like it's like where do you go after Clubber Lang? But they found a way. Like he's just kind of he is very different in that regard, but in a lot of other ways, he's just like one upping Clubber Lang on a lot of fronts like you thought clubber lang was strong like this guy's fucking like, i don't believe he that hits, he destroys so that's that's the thing that pisses me off probably most about this movie is so uh just before they do the interview they're doing some like training they're so they're showing how ivan drago or i'll just call him drago for the rest of the movie um or this shit so basically they're showing how drago is actually training and how they know that he can hit so they say that the average heavyweight fighter punches at 700 parts per square inch so then when Drago hits this pad, it shows, I think, 1850 or 1650. Yep. It's somewhere in there. So I think it was like 18, yeah. I think 1850 per square inch. So more than double the average fighter, right? So keep that in mind when we get to certain fights. So basically, we see that Drago is this monster of a man, and they keep saying that he's an unstoppable force that was so much strength and blah, 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 blah. So uh, that makes you – it almost leads you to believe that this guy can hit harder than Clever Lang. And, I mean, yep. could you believe it? Could you believe that he could? Well, let's find out. So um, <laughs> we get into the oh, interview where the, uh, the they keep talking and yapping and yapping uh, about this fight that's coming up. Apollo's, you know, being Apollo, just like almost in the first movie where he's just really into this. He, he's very excited, very, uh, very showman-like. During this interview uh, to kind of really bring up the publicity where then the two Russian people. Yeah, he's cracking wise. Yeah, the two (laughs) Russian people, not Drago, but his wife and then this other guy. I'm not entirely sure who this fucking guy is. Do they ever say who he is throughout the movie? He's just there. Maybe one of his trainers. he's basically Drago's manager. Like he's his promoter. He's also, I think, it sure seems like he's uh, some kind of a Russian government, you know official or some part of them as well yeah because he's sitting with like the fucking president later on so super strange he's got connections um but yeah basically we get to uh we get to see them kind of argue bicker back and forth and uh you know it it gets a little heated towards the ending of the interview where you know the both of them are you know they're they're both kind of getting split up at this point It, it seems like they're about to lay some they're going to lay some shit down, basically. And so they split it up, and Apollo goes up to Rocky. He's like, how did I do? And what did Rocky say? I don't even remember. I, can't, I couldn't understand what the hell he said. It was said. Like, a, like a little a little rough for my taste, but but good. <laughs> I did like that Apollo, like, immediately, he was so, like, angry. But then as soon as they're off stage, it's like, yeah, how did I do? <laughs> yeah. He's so calm about it. Tell it's all just for show. So it seems like maybe weeks instead of months kind of passed by. Maybe not even weeks. Could have been days, honestly, until the actual fight with Apollo and Drago actually happened. 
Um, yeah. Cause even it's Rocky, not long. like Rocky's. Yeah. He, Rocky keeps saying, maybe we should push this off a little bit. Like yeah, postpone it. Why do we have to do this so quickly? He's like, and Apollo keeps saying, well, I'm in the greatest shape of my life. Um, you know, I'm just, he thinks he could do it. He's very confident that he could beat this guy. Um, Rocky's still very hesitant in the whole thing. Um, but you know, he's there to support his friend, just like his friend supported him. So they wanted to do this fight. Um, and then I don't even think we really see Drago getting ready. Maybe a little bit, but I mean, I don't <laughs> no, even think not that, really. that even happens. Oh, I do like, uh, in the whole scenes with, uh, with Rocky and Apollo, I do like that Apollo pretty much always calls him stallion. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I really enjoy that. And it seems like a good character choice for him. Cause it seems like that's what he would call him. That was the name that made him pick Rocky in the first place was the whole Italian stallion. thing. Yeah, I agree. I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah, and he does call him stallion through the whole thing. And then. <laughs> I always hear his voice. Yeah, stallion. I can't do his voice because I'm not black, but I wish I was just so I can say the word stallion. He's yeah, so stallion. Cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, but uh, all right. So then we see Drago. Oh, I'm telling you right now, this is by far the worst scene in this movie. It's so oh, over no. the top that it's hard that for me to point, watch. Though. Oh, God, I hated this scene. I was like, this scene, and I know you said that there's no points in this movie that drag on. This is the one. This is the one that drags so hard. So we see Drago. He's on this ring that is uh, down below this, I don't know, we'll just say below the stage. Sure. And basically what ends up happening is uh, above him, the ceiling starts to open up and the ring starts to rise up through the floor of where they were going to be fighting. So he's on the ring by himself, just rising through the floor. During this time, James Brown is singing Living in America and is got a lot of stage things. Apollo shows up, I think, on a dragon. It is the most. (laughs) It's a bull because it's Russian. On a bull. It is the most ridiculous (laughs) scene. And it's not just like James Brown does a snippet of this song, he does the entire fucking song and it's so like it's, it's over great. the top it would have been fine if it was a part of the song but it, it's an entire like four fucking minutes of him just dancing apollo dancing drago just i felt i felt like drago i was just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> this is stupid <laughs> wow. i hated that See, scene so I think bad you're missing the whole point of that scene though <laughs> i don't think i am like, i know what they were going for and i didn't like it right. clearly he's He's rubbing, you know, he's way too confident. As confident as he was before the Rocky fight, mm-hmm. he's even more confident and cocky this time. Like, he put on a whole show to show how confident he was this time. Which is, you know, that's showing again, foreshadowing as to the bad things that are going to happen. And they even, I mean, this part, honestly, I love this scene. Not just because Living in America is a great song, and it's a great production to see all that. Um, but also, when you realize, like, how happy Apollo Creed it is like especially when you know what's coming up in a couple of minutes like it's so sad like it's heartbreaking to see him so happy and dancing around having a great time knowing that within like 20 minutes of then he's gonna be dead like that's heart. it breaks my heart every time i see this whole scene it's the whole juxtaposition of that like how happy he was he was versus what's about to happen to him that he has no idea is coming like it, i don't know that just really it gets me a little teary-eyed every time i see this part now I don't know. I think this scene could have been absolutely trimmed down. I completely understand what they were going for. They were supposed to give what is called hope to this guy. It's supposed to show that he is this lovable guy who's very outgoing and really loves what he does. I get that. But this scene was dragging. So I'm literally watching James (laughs) Brown for most of the scene just singing and dancing. 
And then Drago standing there confused as hell. And then Apollo Creed is just like dancing and having fun. And I'm just like, just get there to fucking fight. What the fuck am I watching? I get it. It's a Vegas show, but I didn't pay for this. Just get to the fucking fight. Oh, and it's just an exhibition match. Just supposed to be a normal match. And Apollo's made this out to be this grand 4th of July show with fireworks and all sorts of shit. Yeah, but that's who Apollo is. Like, he's always been, even in the first Rocky fight, he he was, uh, you know, he had George Washington Washington thing going on. This is kind of an extension of that. But now he's in Vegas, so clearly, you know. (laughs) A large extension. shine. Uh, And also, it's, it's a good contrast when you see this. Versus the fight later on with Rocky where it's in Russia and you see kind of their version of trying to be super patriotic and over the top, which is kind of like super serious and like stern. And everyone's like, Cruz, Chev, Cruz, Chev, Uber, Alice or whatever the fuck. There's <laughs> like it's so, so serious and business like it's so when you see like America's like all having fun and like having a good time and really being all bright and colorful. And then like Russia's just like drab and I get it, and I'm completely understanding with what you're saying. I'm just saying they could have absolutely cut this part in half because I was just so – I was like Drago. Maybe that's what it was supposed to make you feel like. You're supposed to feel for Drago during this scene because I was just like, man, I feel bad for this guy. All this dumb shit is happening around him. (laughs) Yeah. It's just I, I don't know, but basically uh, all this you shit can tell happens. Why he's getting, you know, he's getting angry <laughs> yeah. after all this. Which so, kind of leads to what happens. Apollo enters the ring. He's very confident. Um, he goes in there, you know, all speedy, basically black lightning style. Um, and the referee uh, calls out <laughs> all his names, which I do like this part <laughs> because Rocky's like, "You all are names." And then he's like, yes. hold on, he's almost, he's almost done. He's doing all the nicknames. <laughs> In this corner, we have the... Yes, we should... Oh, I'm sure you have a list of all of his names. Go ahead and read them all. Yes. There's, oh, my God. We've heard, like, little pit, like bits and pieces of them over the last couple of movies, but now we fully get, like, the full list. Um, I'll, I'll tell you which one is definitely my favorite. We got the Dancing Destroyer, the Master of Disaster, the King of Sting, my favorite of all. The Count of Monte Fisto. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> that one is just genius. Oh, my God. I'm so glad they included that in there. Yeah. So basically, it says all these names. Um, and Rocky's even, like, astonished that he's got so many names. Then they get with Ivan Drago. And then do uh, his, like, one name. I don't remember what it was. Of course, he gets the, uh, another one oh, eventually. The uh, the mustache guy is back for this fight. <laughs> Ah, very I true. Because he does all the exhibition matches. Oh, Drago's name, I don't know if they said it. I know they said it once, was the Siberian Express. Yeah. And I think. And then they change it later on. Yep, they sure do. To a much better name. Oh. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, they begin the fight. All right. Um, they, they kick this bad boy off. Apollo's looking good. He's looking fresh. Uh, it seems like Drago's just kind of like. He's very aggressive, but without the punching part. He's always just moving towards. There's no defense. It's just him going in, always going in. Um, but Apollo's kind of dancing around, getting a couple jabs in there, here and there. A couple jabs, a couple jabs, and backing away and dancing and dancing. But Drago never backs up. He's always just moving forward in the direction of where Apollo's going. It's Nothing's really, like, breaking him down. Um, 
so he gets a couple more jabs and he's looking good for the you know first round or at least for the first half of it and then Drago starts laying into Except him. Except for the part where he uh, he has like a little, he's doing his dancing and he kind of slips a little bit oh, on the, the rug. <laughs> and he kind of like, oh, shit. Like even the announcers kind of call him out. Like they can tell he's a little bit rusty from not having done this in a while. Yeah, I forgot about the slip. Yeah, but uh, so Drago starts laying into him, uh, kind of really, really going to town on him, just not stopping, just like this unstoppable force. Apollo's trying to get out of there, um, and he's trying to use some of his moves and stuff like that, and it seems like nothing he's doing is getting him out of this. Um, the bell finally rings. He gets into the corner. Rocky's like, we need to call this fight. This is going way too far. Even uh, I can't remember Apollo's dude's name. What's that other guy's name? Duke. Oh, Duke. I love Duke. So Duke's in there, and he's like, no, we need to throw the fight. You know, we got to stop it. And Rocky's like, no, we're done. We're done. And then Apollo's like, no matter what, do not stop the fight. Do not stop the fight. So you feel like Drago's got all this power. There's nothing. He's, he's just a powerhouse. All right. So, um, but Apollo's not letting that afflict him at all. He's just trying to get in there, try to do the fight. Even the announcers and everybody, or not the announcers, but uh, I think some of the people in there, like this exhibition match, take it, take it easy, take it easy kind of thing, even after that first round. Yeah. This is just an exhibition oh, match. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorite lines is Duke just getting there. This was supposed to be an exhibition. <laughs> yeah. So he, everybody's just like freaking out because they're seeing Drago for the first time. It's just like, you know, he's, he's mean, he's angry. Um, so he's just power. That's what he is. He's power. Um, but basically what ends up happening is, is, uh, they go into the second round and same thing's basically happening. Uh, Drago's just laying into him and he's not stopping. He's just punching him. Rocky's got the towel. He's about to throw it in. But Apollo, he keeps playing those words through his head. Do not stop the match no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Um, so he's about to lay it in. But, man, Drago. Drago takes that one punch that pretty much just pushes Apollo's neck past the ropes and just ends him right there. Which is It is heartbreaking because yeah. we've been watching Apollo for the last four movies at this point. Kind of just either be there ish for rocky for most of it except for the second movie where i mean even then it was just like okay he's just trying to get his name back it wasn't like horribly against yeah, it, rocky it wasn't yeah it wasn't being a dick to him specifically he was just kind of yeah just trying to goad him into the ring and it is sad it was like duke's kind of yelling throw the towel and like Apollo's wife's yelling just throw the towel and rocky just like doesn't know what to do because he promised Paul that he wouldn't do it and i kind of figure like if the situation was reversed like rocky would not have wanted creed to throw in the towel on him either so i think he kind of knows like man like fuck <laughs> yeah i'm in a terrible spot here it is a shitty situation for sure um but of course apollo is uh down on the ground everybody rushes into the ring rocky grabs apollo and uh you know he's just holding him in his arms and stuff like that drago starts talking the first two lines i think he says i have no fucking idea what he says yeah i have no <laughs> clue he's i don't know if he's speaking russian or english but they're mumbled so I, you can't tell it's just it's lines he does say i think at one part oh, you probably got the quote somewhere um yeah. oh he missed his first quote when, when they first get in the oh, ring oh that's because i didn't hear, i he couldn't understand crazy, i thought he was like, speaking crazies <laughs> his one line is you will lose <laughs> that's what he said Dude, I couldn't understand what the fuck yeah. he said. I was just like, oh, that was Russian. So I just moved on. Because at this point, I only thought he spoke Russian because he never talked. So I thought he didn't even know what English was. So I was just like, oh, he's just speaking he Russian. He a couple key lines. Yeah. So what are the lines he says in the ring that you can try to 
pull out of there? Uh, after the fight, he doesn't, I don't know. Something about uh, the true champion. I don't know. And then he goes at the end. Then so he says, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. That's the one. That's the, that's the one right there. So unfeeling and callous. He doesn't even care that he just fucking killed this man. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Um, but yeah, unfortunately Apollo dies. And I think the next scene is, uh, the funeral for Apollo um now did you know that this was coming um i knew that apollo died um at some point i'm pretty sure i heard somewhere in my 31 years of living that it was from the (laughs) russian guy so i had a feeling that this was the movie that this was going to happen but i knew apollo died because that's why creed movies are made because creed is based off of his son which i never knew he had which i don't think anybody knew he had (laughs) yeah the weird thing is they did show in like two. Remember, he had kids, but so far those kids haven't been mentioned in the Creed movies. <laughs> it's all been about his like illegitimate son. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically, um, we move on to his funeral, which is it is sad. It's definitely sad because Rocky's doing yeah. a little like uh, speech at the funeral, and he pulls out his old, you know, dusts off the old belt, the old heavyweight championship belt, and he puts it on Apollo's. Uh, casket and it is very depressing it's uh it is a little much um yeah and, it's very sad because i mean as we mentioned apollo's been one of the best characters so far in this series like he's constantly been charismatic and interesting to watch and you just kind of started to have him and rocky be friends and have this whole you know second life together but now that's been cut short and uh it's really sad and but rocky does kind of like all you know apollo before the fight was all kind of like maybe you don't understand what i'm talking about now but by the end of this you will and like he, he finally gets it yeah um, he understands what creep's going for this whole time and he kind of gets the patriotism angle and just trying to avenge his friend now and just why he w- wouldn't give up the fight here's the difference between 3 and 4 though now with Four, Rocky obviously is depressed and he's upset about this and all of this shit. But for some reason, and you're probably going to think differently. Again, I think nostalgia is <laughs> going to pull at your heartstrings. But I do not think he cared as much as when Mick died. I there was I never really got a sense. I, it seems like Rocky shut down, but it, there was never <laughs> like the too much that really gave you I, I don't know I really it just seems like in this movie he just shut down where in the last movie you kind of felt what he was going through if that makes any sense you got more of the feels yeah. for when Mick died and you kind of were on the same plane as Rocky kind of like going through it with Rocky when Mick was um, Mick Mick had died and it was it was depressing to watch Rocky go through this and with this it's just like he shut down and it's like he didn't care because I think what happened was is like with when Mick died, Apollo was trying to train him, and nothing can get really Rocky out of that train of thought of like Mick yeah. dying until finally Adrian kind of laid into him and made him realize. And maybe that's what he kind of went back to in this movie. I mean, it's never expressed or even told, but he just breaks down and says, I'm going to fight Drago, you know, because Drago says, bring out the real champion or whatever the hell he said in the goddamn ring. Um, but, you know, the fight is going to happen between Rocky and uh, Drago. Um, but I, we'll, I do we'll, I want to say, I, yeah, I do agree with you that he probably took Mick dying a little harder. Um, I definitely would agree with that. But, I mean, they obviously 
they'd been together longer. Yeah. Like they had a lot of history. They were you know, living together and that kind of thing. He was like a, a father to him where Apollo was just kind of a friend, but I do think he did take it very hard. And I think the difference being that this time he had somebody to blame, like Clover Lang was throwing people around, but that really wasn't what caused, you know, Mick to die. Yeah. Like you can't really pin that on Clover Lang. Whereas Drago, you can definitely pin it on Drago. <laughs> like he definitely had that motive, that extra motivation to kind of go in there this time whereas kind of last time he was just kind of like oh shit i got my ass kicked like whatever maybe i'm done with this like this he just fucking needed to beat the shit out of drago get in there and fucking pound on him whether anything came of it or not he just needed to fucking beat up this guy who took his friend from him and so i feel like that kind of made it as on top of just the regular grief he also had this fucking burning anger (laughs) that he just had to express and i feel like he kind of if he shut down i kind of understand that because even more so, he's got to be. This one's got to be tougher on him, kind of. So you might have to shut yourself down because this one, kind of, is his fault, a little bit, that he didn't throw in that towel. So you can kind of see where he's got to cut himself off from that emotion a little bit, or else he'll just never move again. <laughs> because that's got to fucking eat away at you, and we'll find out later on in the series that that stuff does still haunt him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 I mean, yeah. All of that agreed, but um, all right. So at this point, uh, now we're seeing the interview between Rocky and Drago, and Rocky pretty much agrees to not only do a match with Drago, but he also agrees to their terms. Basically, having it set in Russia and having it on December twenty fifth for some fucking reason. I don't think they've ever explained <laughs> yeah. that. They just said, I mean, I understand the Russia thing that made sense, but not on Christmas. I don't fucking understand that at all. But whatever. Um, and for no pay. Yeah, for zero pay. Um, yeah. So Rocky uh, Rocky sets up some stuff in Russia so they can all go there to pretty much just stay in this cabin to where you can train, get ready for the big old match. Um, Adrian is very upset with the, all of this. She doesn't want him yeah. to do any of this for obvious reasons. A lot of the papers are saying it's suicide, uh, but Rocky, you know, doesn't give a shit. He, he knows he needs this to happen, so he's he's going there no matter what, with or without Adrian's approval. Um, so she kind of like, they kind of went back to the Rocky two version of Adrian where, where she's kind of a wet blanket again, somewhat understandable and that she doesn't want him to die. Uh, but she kind of does like, she kind of does say probably her worst thing in the series where she's just like, you can't win. Like, that's not what you say to somebody when they're trying to, you know, their life is kind of on the line here, but you're not going to help his confidence any if you, you fucking say that to him. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but basically we, uh, we move into the point now where, uh, Rocky, Polly, and Duke are now on a plane on their way to Russia and, um, they, they get there, they get on, they keep on keeping on, um, they get there, they see that it's very snowy and it's just very Russian. <laughs> I don't really know how to explain <laughs> the setting any more than yeah. that. It's very It's like Russian. a log cabin, essentially. It's in the middle of nowhere well even when they get into the the airport it's just like everybody's just staring at them it's snowing like crazy all these like i don't know maybe government officials or whatever just staring at them all russian like uh they get into the car and they get to the log cabin once they get to the log cabin there's another car that's behind them and their driver says these guys are going to follow you everywhere you go which i don't understand i don't understand any of that (laughs) they don't ever really explain that this was 
Well, this was the Cold War. Like, you got to figure they're not just going to let Americans into the country and not, you know, keep an eye on them. The KGB kind of tends to watch those kind of things. Not that he's there to fucking, you know, spy on them, but they just want to make sure. Oh, maybe. So, uh, anyway, so uh, Polly's obviously complaining about the conditions of this fucking place, uh, that place being Russia and a log cabin. Um, he doesn't have TV. Um, he's just sitting there staring at, I think, a fire for most of this movie, listening to some jams. Um, and basically, Duke gives him some really good advice, which I really liked this scene, because um, you don't really see too much of Duke and Rocky's interactions, but you do get a kind of a feel-good, like, oh, you know, uh, Apollo was like a son to me, and, you know, he treated him as such, and basically trained and gave him all of his advice and all that stuff, and... Um, uh, it's it, it's a good heartwarming scene to see Rocky kind of have another almost like a father figure again, kind of like linger over him. I like that because if it was just Pauly in the the corner, Rocky would never have made it to Rocky Five. No, um, I will say uh, this is a good time to talk about Duke because we haven't really talked about him much in the series. And this is kind of his moment to shine. Uh, I really really like Duke. Uh, that actor is fucking great. Um, he is one of the best throughout this series has been one of the best like reactors to things <laughs> that they've had. Cause he's just so excitable. Like every time something happens, he's up there yelling and fucking doing shit. Like the end of the Mr. T fight, like they showed at the beginning of this one member and then they freeze frame on kind of Rocky, like jumping up. Her, all, oh yeah. 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 All. And then you see like Duke, like jumping over the fucking railing. He's just like, he's so excitable and he's just always got this look on his face. Like you just see him, it's like him reacting to things and it's so like exciting and full of energy that i can't help but like the guy yeah 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 yeah. he's cool beads i do like duke as well um but yeah so we get that talk from duke and then we get another montage which let me explain the amount of montages that are in this movie uh, <laughs> this movie yeah. should have been called rocky for the montage because there are <laughs> countless montages i think it starts off with a montage because it shows a lot of the previous movies we even get another snip clip of uh the rape scene which is still really bothersome to me <laughs> um but then we all so that's not. a that's a montage that, yeah, that montage is like kind of a flashback to other montages for the most part yeah <laughs> which is pretty epic that's very meta right there and then we also have more montages of um all sorts of shit throughout this whole movie but at this point we get a montage of him training in russia where he's doing the whole running thing and i like the way they do this because they also have drago also doing training and the way that they film this is rocky's doing one thing and drago's doing something very similar but in a gym where rocky's out in the elements doing that almost that same kind of like workout um and i really like that so like if he's doing like if drago's doing sit-ups rocky's also doing sit-ups but he's off the side of like a barn and lifting his entire body up and like paulie's holding his legs um then there's also where like if I don't know for uh, Drago's doing uh, basically a de- or not deadlift, but like uh, the bench. If he's on the bench and just lifting the weights up with the bar and everything, uh, Rocky's lifting up a giant wagon with people on it. I, I thought that this yeah. scene was really really cool, um, and I like the comparison between their two trainings, and yet they were still similar. Um, at this point, there was one point where Rocky runs back to the cabin, and Adrian showed up. She didn't actually originally go with him. Uh, cause she was obviously very upset, but at this point now she's finally come to terms. Yeah. you know, I should support my husband kind of thing. She doesn't want to lose yeah. him. So she figured it, I, 
let's support them. So she's there during this, and then we start another montage where this basically happens, where he he gets better and better with what he's doing, and um, he ends up at the end of this one, instead of running up the steps, he runs up a mountain, you know, as one does. (laughs) He runs up a giant mountain. Yeah. We've uh, we've gone mountain hiking and we were pretty much dying just trying to walk the entire thing. I can't imagine somebody fucking running all the way up a goddamn mountain, especially without like tools and shit. This was not like a well-defined path or anything like that. No, it's You'd just to, straight like, up you know, a random fucking... mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he starts screaming, "Yeah!" And then he says Drago's name twice. He's just screaming, "Drago!" Drago! Um, we also see as Drago is training, they, uh, even though they mentioned earlier, they're like, oh, uh, you know, there's been widespread reports of like, uh, steroids and blood doping in Russia. Is Drago taken any of those? And they're like, no, no, he's all natural. Like your Popeye, he ate his spinach. But then they show fucking him training and they clearly show somebody injecting him with something. Yeah. Which is <laughs> weird like, because Uh-oh. I thought that they were going to bring that up some point during the movie, but they never do. He just, you know that he's on some sort of steroid. So it's just like, okay. It just makes it that much more impressive that Rocky beat this guy who was fucking jacked up on roads. Oh, I can't wait until we get to this fight because I've got so many horrible things to say. So, um, <laughs> oh, no. so we, um, they finally make it uh, to the ring where they're about to start this bad boy up. Um, as you kind of uh, alluded to earlier, uh, it's definitely a different like feel. It's not the a giant American showboat. Living in America. It, there's nothing in that. Um, Rocky shows up. He's very pissed off. He's, he's walking through the ring. Everybody's booing at him. Um, it's more intense than ever. He's, he's never had people really boo at him before. Um, but the whole crowd is just up in arms. Um, they're saying also the announcers are saying that this is the most watched, uh, fight, uh, in world history where you've got all, all, all sorts of different countries. there announcing this thing. Um, so basically, which makes sense because given the bad blood between these two, after what happened to Apollo Creed, like who wouldn't tune in to watch this shit? Yeah, it, it's a very impressive fight that's about to embark on itself. Um, so we move into uh, Rocky sitting in the ring, and uh, Drago now makes his appearance. Um, fireworks going on, but it's not like celebration stuff. It's it, it's more of like this intimidation walk, walk of him walking in. Um, I love, for some reason, when he kind of walks in and then just stands in the walkway, you get a like this sense that this is a giant because he is huge because you can only see like the silhouette of him against the light and you see his legs, but they lead up to this huge just body of a man. He just looks like a monster and you can't see his face or any features at all. You just see the silhouette of a gigantic man and you're just like, <laughs> damn, he's going to eat Rocky. <laughs> going to eat him up. He is, he's like a foot taller than Rocky and it's like – it's such a mismatch because the guy's fucking arms are so gigantic that his reach is incredible. Like, there's no way Rocky should ever be able to get 
near this guy. Yeah, and they do bring that up during the match because when you're actually finally do watching them fight, we're like, Rocky can't get in there because Drago's yeah. reach is just so damn long that it's like keeping Rocky away from him. But um, so Drago does walk in all finally, all you know, intimidating. Everybody's cheering and all this stuff, and he gets into the ring just before the thing kicks off. They, I would imagine, this is probably like the Russian national anthem of something or some sort. Yeah. Um, but basically, that plays, and while that is playing, uh, a giant poster of Drago uh, is slowly rising up from the ground, and there's fireworks off that, and it's. Like you said earlier, it's a little bit more timid and a little bit more uh, calmer than, again, Living in America by James Brown with uh, <laughs> Apollo standing on a dragon riding him into the moonlights. Um, <laughs> but so we. Makes you miss that, doesn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Drago, a man of very little words, and Rocky shows up to the center where the referee pretty much says, I think in Russian, honestly, there's no, you know, no below the belt. Actually, I think this part's in English. It's a no below the belt, none, none yeah, of that. Yeah, they're probably um, But, yeah, I think I think Drago says something here. I don't really yep. know what he says, though. What oh, this is one of his best lines. This I will break goes- you. I must break you. Yeah. yeah. All right. That is okay. I wasn't sure which part that that showed up on. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you know, shit's about to get crazy. So the fight begins. We'll just say this, Rocky. You know, I already said it already a second ago. Rocky just doesn't have the reach. He's a much shorter guy with a much shorter reach. Where Drago's, you know, pretty much going to town, just punching him. It's pretty intimidating. Now, here's the thing that makes me more upset or the most upset about any of this. Drago is supposed to be this guy who's not only on steroids, but can punch over two, and at some point, actually over three times the <laughs> strength than any heavyweight average, or on, on average, more than any other heavyweight champion. At some point, he actually shows that he's like 2,200 uh, parts per square inch. Very impressive. Yeah. Um, so these 22 parts per square inch is hitting Rocky right in the dome, all right? When Clubber hits Rocky, it's knocking Rocky, and you feel it in the third movie, <laughs> and it's knocking Rocky down. Not to the point to where it's like uh, – I mean, it's actually to the point to where it's almost knocking him out after just a few punches. It's so hard that it's knocking – it's forcing him down, and at some points, and even one point – it actually knocks him down for good, and he loses the match. Granted, his mind wasn't there, but even when yeah, the second match, really why. even in the second match, it was threatening. It was so threatening that it was crucial for Rocky to knock Clubber out as fast as he possibly can. The way he did that was with Clubber missing many times and juking out of the way. Clubber's still throwing the punches, yeah. and when they do land on Rocky, he's feeling them and still getting knocked down. With this guy... This guy who's apparently three times the hitter, he lasts 15 <laughs> rounds with him, which makes me believe that he's not as strong as Clubber. Nowhere oh, near I as— I mean, he's definitely strong. I don't here. believe it. I can't believe it because he, Clubber was a threat. This guy, he's just punching Rocky in the head. And there's even a scene, I think it's like the 13th round, where like he's punching him square in the top of his head, and it's not affecting Rocky at all. <laughs> it's just like, okay, so this guy's— Weaker than Clubber then? Because he lasted all 15 rounds where he could not. He, there was no way he would have done that with Clubber if Clubber had the same stamina. There's no fucking way. 
Well, to be fair, we that was Apollo Creed's strategy was that we should end this quickly so it doesn't doesn't go that far, but we never found out whether it could go that far or not. Um, plus, he's been all this training out in the cold and everything has been conditioning himself, training like by the fire and shit. He's tr- trying to make himself stronger. Also, one of the parts I don't like about Rocky Five is we're going to find out exactly how bad all the damage he took in this fight really was in Rocky Five. Um, it's definitely, he's not getting off scot free. Um, it, this fight did take more out of Rocky than we find out at the end of this movie. Oh, well, that's spoiler territory. You can't jump into that. <laughs> I don't I don't want to know parts of the next movie because I literally know nothing. I don't even know who the fighter is in this mo- the next movie. Nothing. I know nothing. I know that Rocky's in it. Yeah. That's it. But basically, I, yeah, I should probably give you a heads up on some of the stuff that happens. <laughs> but, but don't we'll give see. me any don't give me any yes. heads up. It's got to be here. <laughs> but basically, uh, the two of them are fighting. Rocky's finally getting a couple jabs in, uh, and then Drago's just laying into him like crazy, just doing the basic Apollo punch is what we'll call it, the Apollo punch. Um, yeah. Drago is he's definitely beating the shit out of Rocky. But again, it, to me, it does not feel like he's hitting him as hard as Clubber is. Um, I also wow. want to know, why the fuck, why the fuck? Is Drago's gloves so goddamn tiny? Because they're way tinier than Rocky's <laughs> gloves. Go back and rewatch it. He's got the tiniest little mittens ever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd probably want tiny gloves too. Yeah. Then it's less cushion. Yeah, but isn't there an industry standard that they have to be a certain size? Maybe they just look small. No, nope. because he's so big. I thought the same thing. Because I was like, they're oh man, he's so big. they're smaller than Rocky's gloves. <laughs> I was like, because there's a huh. scene where they actually do the whole fisting thing where Ro- Drago slams his uh, hands <laughs> yeah. on top of Rocky's. And it's like really, really like tiny gloves compared to Rocky's gloves. I was like, Jesus. Anyways, so the two of them are fighting. Um, and it's going on round after round after round. They're both taking it out on each other. But finally, well, I Rocky. I think it's the second round where uh, Rocky like the, punches Drago's him in the face. Drago's been dominating it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Rocky takes this big swing, fucking cuts the Russian. Right yep. above the eye. It's fucking glorious. It's that one moment of hope that you were waiting for that he could actually pull this off. And Duke at that point says, see, he's just a man. And even he's there's not a machine. And there's a point where uh, Drago's speaking in Russian. He says he's not human. He's made of iron. And I thought that that was cool yeah. because it was a reverse of what they thought before because they thought Rocky would have was going in there thinking that this guy's just this monster, almost like a machine. Or and then the tables turn where now Drago's like, no, he's not a man. He's, not, he's yep. made of iron. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. I like that. Uh, but anyways, um, so again, they keep fighting over and over and over and they keep beating the shit out of each other. I would say if this went all the way to 15 and it had to be uh, left with a decision, I think Drago would have taken it. Because there's yep. way more hits going into Rocky's face. And it's mainly because of that fucking reach that he's got. Um, yeah. He just couldn't get in there. But when Rocky would get in there, it, it was hurting. It was hurting uh, Drago. But he just didn't have as many punches as Drago did. But um, He was throwing the body shots, chopping him down like a big fucking tree. Yeah. <laughs> All of his tree chopping earlier and his training montage paid off. So um, we get to the point to where we're finally in round 15. Even Rocky doesn't even know what round it is. He's like, what round are we in? And then Duke's like, we're in 15. One more, one more, baby. One more, one more. One more. Um, so then we get to uh, the last round. Rocky pretty much at this point. Oh, by this, 
this point, yeah, the the, uh, the crowd has kind of slowly started ah. to come over to Rocky's side. They're slowly starting to cheer for Rocky, whereas before they fucking hated him. They're start his his sheer determination and just his underdog story has kind of won them over. Yes, they're impressed with how long he's lasted, especially you know compared to Apollo, where he was knocked out and killed in the second round. Where in this one, he's yeah. lasting all the way to fifteen rounds, and everybody's very impressed with his determination with this uh, this. Death from above. We almost forgot to say <laughs> that. We almost forgot to say that sweet, yeah, sweet uh, name. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, Rocky. Oh, and before this, before this round is where uh, Drago kind of loses his shit because, like, the higher ups are kind of like, "What the fuck? Like, why are you having such a hard time knocking Rocky out and shit?" And he just gets mad, throws his like manager guy out of the ring, and just like, "I fight for me, me." And you're just like, "Oh shit, his yeah. career is going downhill quickly." Yeah, he's angry. Um, but yeah, yeah, so at this point, Rocky ends up finally knocking him out, uh, drops him to the ground, count of 10. Uh, Drago is down for the count. Uh, Rocky, of course, is very excited. Everybody in the crowd is cheering for him. Very, very happy moment. Um, but yeah, there it is. There's that fun stuff. And then, and then oh, you're forgetting the, the most important part at the end. Oh, I've left where it Rocky, for you. Rocky ends the entire Cold War. <laughs> single-handedly with his amazing speech <laughs> i hated that if I so could much change, and you could change everybody could change <laughs> even all the russian premieres are just standing up applauding just applauding cold war is over <laughs> god i hated it rock did it I love it. It's so good. Oh my god! It makes me that fight makes me so goddamn happy. By the time it's over, I'm just like god, it's so beautiful. It's a terrible speech. <laughs> he did it. Uh, he didn't it change. It's he didn't change at all. Adrian asked and begged, begged for fucking Rocky to change. Rocky even says, <laughs> "I don't change." <laughs> and then he gets in the ring because he didn't change. He fights and beats the shit out of Drago because he didn't change. Everybody starts cheering for him. He goes up there, I changed. No, you did not. You're lying to everyone. Uh, to everyone. Well, he, he didn't he change. his his views on the Russian people. <laughs> he didn't have, I don't think he had an opinion on them before. He just hated Drago. <laughs> I don't think yeah, there he was. He even a, says in his stupid speech that like, you guys were all hating on me, so I guess I didn't like you much none either. <laughs> But they learned to all kind of get along by the end of the fight. Oh, God, it was so bad. So anyways. <laughs> and it's just like Drago is so, so un, like seems so unbeatable that the fact that Rocky finally you know beats him in the end, it just makes me like, fills my heart with just such joy to see this happen. This is probably my favorite of all the fights that Rocky has. Um, the music is great during it. And just it, it's just the, the sheer fact that there was no way he should have won just makes makes this so much more epic i wish that at the end of every rocky fight it was like the music from i think the first fight yeah from the first fight with apollo <laughs> it's like oh it's so 70s and i love it <laughs> it's just like like a weird psychedelic like i don't know score of some sort but yeah yeah he does some say some dumb shit and then uh he wins and that's Rocky Four, basically. It really kind of just goes straight I from the ring into the credits. Yeah, with another montage kind of over the credits. Um, <laughs> the uh, I really liked the 
the fighting itself in this movie, I didn't see a single punch, and I was like, oh, no, that looks that yeah. Didn't connect. This is the first movie where I saw where it was actually like I was watching, and there was a couple times where it was like a glimpse, but it was way, 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 way more improved than anything else. It's very yeah. rare that when you saw one of those punches, actually, like. Was that a hit? I'm not entirely sure. But then it was just there was so much punching afterwards. It was like, oh, that, that looks legit. Um, the punching in this movie was definitely way better choreographed than any of the other movies, I think, thus far. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Finally reached that good part. All right. Well, let's see. Well, uh, let's do best Drago quote for our category. Oh, wait, wait, wait. First, before we get there. <laughs> Not that all the, the chaos is done over there. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out my mood. Like I'm sitting on a metal chair. It hurts my butt. <laughs> um, what did you think of this movie overall, rating-wise? <sighs> I still think it's better than the first two. Um, it's definitely worse than the third one, though. Um, I would say probably a five. I think, what did I grade the third one? An eight or seven or an eight? I think you said 7.5. Yeah, that's right. I would definitely give this one just a big old solid five. I think it was an average movie. I mean, I could probably Dang. say I could probably say that it leans closer to four, but because of the pacing of the movie, minus that one shitty Apollo Creed dance, um, the pacing <laughs> in the movie, I agree with you. There's not a part in this movie where it's just dragging to where you're just like, oh, God. It's all just really fluid. It all just kind of flows into each other. The only thing that I'm not the keenest on, which it's fine, I guess, in this point of the franchise – is there's not really story at all in this movie. It just it's all just keeps going. It just keeps going in montage after montage, and they it's like they <laughs> rely on the mon- montages to tell the story. Where in montages there is no speaking normally. It's just you're watching somebody do something, vis a vis music, uh, being in the yeah. background trying to motivate you. And I feel like that that's fine and it works, but there isn't a whole lot going on. Did there need to be a whole lot going on? Well. Probably not. We we understand enough of what's going on. You know, Apollo wants to fight Big Man. Big Man kills Apollo. Now Rocky needs to take revenge to fight Big Man. I get it. That That's pretty much <laughs> the the whole plot of this movie. So did there need to be story? Probably not, I guess. It's just I felt like there wasn't really story at all. It's just montage <laughs> after montage. montage. It was montage, montage, fight, montage, montage, final fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much accurate, but I don't hate that because it, you know, it's enjoyable. So yeah, it was, that's it was where fine. It wins me over. And the montages, I think, are effective. Like, there's the one, you know, where he's driving after having the big fight with Adrian. Like, it does kind of tell a story, even though it's just a whole song montage. Like, because he kind of focuses on him, sh- you know, thinking about his life and all the good things he's got in his life and his relationships and all that stuff. But no matter what, even if he tries to think of all these things that should stop him from fighting, like his mind always comes back to Apollo's death. Like he can't stop seeing that no matter what. So it does tell a pretty effective story of just this guy is never going to be able to forget this unless he does something about it. Well, because realistically, the fact that he's going to go beat this guy up in a boxing ring isn't changing much of anything. Like it's not going to really affect anything in life. Like it's kind of a hollow victory in that point. But you can tell that like it's what he needs to do in order to give himself some sort of peace after what happened. Not yeah. that it's going to bring much, but, you know, it's just that feeling of that being so burned into your head that you can't help but do something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, 
It's fine. I, I definitely like the way they did the montages. I mean, the one that you're explaining, I, I also got the same. I also thought the same thing and saw the same thing. It was like he's thinking of all these other things, but it comes back to Apollo's death. And he thinks of all these other things, and it comes back to Apollo. And then that was cool. Yeah. And even the montage, like I said, where he's training alongside basically of Drago, just in different format, also very cool. I like the way that they shot that. Very neat. Um, it relied on a lot of symbolism basically to get you to that point without having to tell you the story. It uses the symbolism between the montages to give you an idea of the story. And I think that's cool. I mean, that's fine. Um, but like I said, yeah. there are some parts that were way over the top, uh, which bring it down to an average movie for me. I don't know if this is one, like, <laughs> I, I liked the third one a lot. I thought that that was really cool. I liked Clubber Lang a lot. I thought that whole entire thing was really cool where this one just, I felt like it was more over the top than normal. Like I, when yeah. Apollo died, I it didn't hit me as much as Mick died. It was it it was sad, but it wasn't like overly done. I guess I don't know. There's something there's something that about it that didn't make give me the same feelings with Mick's death. Um, I mean, they didn't have the the huge over the top reaction from Rocky again. I think they probably didn't want to repeat themselves with that with having him like you know quite as visibly upset. Whereas this time he was more angry and just kind of focused on Drago and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, overall, yeah, I thought it was a good movie. Um, just, I don't know. It was all right. Well, yeah, like I said, it's an average <laughs> movie. It was better than the other two. Okay. For sure. All right. Yeah. All right. I think, I think three to me is a better movie. Um, but four is right neck and neck as far as, you know, I love them both. I'd say this one's to me is honestly a little more rewatchable, but I would probably say that three is the better movie of the two. Um, unfortunately, this victory is kind of the highest point of Rocky's life. And it feels like the next couple movies are just kind of like, how can we kick Rocky in the nuts? <laughs> Perfect. So we got that to look forward to. Um, so best Drago quote. Basically, there's only only three that really matter. Yep. You will lose. I must break you. And if he dies, he dies. I must break you is pretty good. Yeah, that one's probably the most memorable. It's pretty quality. Those are great lines. I used to say those all the time when I was a little little, little child. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you uh, as a little child. Just so fun to do. <laughs> well, let's see. Best quote overall. Happy birthday, Polly. Nope. Yep. All those totally can go in the garbage. Robot. Open your prize. I like that one. That's funny. <laughs> like when the kid was like, your head doesn't look like a punching bag. It looks like a catcher's mitt. Yeah. <laughs> uh Oh, we got Bridgie Nielsen and her, like your Popeye. He ate his spinach every day. <laughs> Just yep. her accent's weird. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Bridgie Nielsen, I guess was uh, was Stallone's second wife. They met uh, doing this movie and then got married and like lasted about two years and then got divorced and like a really nasty divorce. So. Oh, damn. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and Dolph Lundgren. By the way, did you know he's like a super genius in real life? I've been like told he's, he's really smart. Speak English. 
Yeah, he's like legitimately like a scientist and shit in real life. Jesus. It's like, what the hell? You never would have guessed that from this movie. But or from watching Kindergarten really Cop just... 2. <laughs> yeah. He's apparently not genius at picking movie roles. No. No. <laughs> like the Punisher movie. Um. Oh, yeah, this one we didn't really talk, touch on, but the Russian manager guy, whatever he hits... He destroys. Yep. Good one. Uh, let's see. And <laughs> Apollo Creed's talking about Drago and why he's not talking. He's like, the man's tongue didn't come through customs. <laughs> that one I do like. <laughs> that was pretty great. Creed had another good line in that press conference where he's like, I retired more men than Social Security. <laughs> 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 oh, I love Creed. So good. Uh, oh, this was supposed to be an exhibition. Yeah. Good one. I use that a lot when I watch that, like, uh, the movie trivia show online. They say that a lot, like, whenever, you know, someone's getting slaughtered out there. Oh. <laughs> this was supposed to be an exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with another one. Uh, Russian is cut. Like, anytime someone looks, like, super unbeatable and then they get that one moment of weakness. Like, oh, the Russian is cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good too. <laughs> oh, I got Duke's uh, moment where he's just like, throw the damn towel! <laughs> Again, him just being so excitable. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can always feel it. I love him yelling. It's just so good. Uh, uh, Brigitte Nielsen and her, you have this belief that this country is so very good and our country is so very bad. I like that she's like trying to be like, like you guys just do talking shit about us, acting like we're so bad and you're so good. It's like, that would have been a better argument earlier, like when you were just new people to here and hadn't killed a man. Yeah. Like when you kill a man in the ring and then show absolutely no remorse for it and are not even like, yeah, sorry about that. Like, you're kind of a dick. (laughs) We're receiving death threats. Well, why? (laughs) Let's take a gander. Let's try to figure out why we're getting death threats. Maybe because you murdered a man. <laughs> that may have something to do with it. <laughs> like uh, Polly at the press conference, he just starts talking shit. Who am I? I'm the unsilent majority, Big Mouth. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, worst quote, Adrian's you can't win speech. <laughs> yeah. Boo. I did like, oh, I really like the part where Rocky was talking to his kid before he leaves and like that whole speech is pretty good but especially that last line where she's like going that one more round when you don't think you can that makes all the difference in your life that's just that's good that's yeah. quality advice um let's see <laughs> oh Polly's whole speech about like unzipping himself oh god and yeah. stepping outside I want to be you you're all heart rock I really like that whole speech um, I see three of them out there. Hit the Hit one the in middle. the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. He's cut. The Russian is cut. We talked about that one. Uh, he's not a machine. He's a man. And as you mentioned, uh, he's like a piece of iron. Yep. In Russian, but I can't do it in Russian, so we're not gonna. Blink, bunk, bunk. Um, this is probably the most most used quote of the whole movie. No pain. 
Oh yeah, Jesus. <laughs> a lot no of that. No pain. No pain. No pain. That was a good catchphrase, though. I didn't mind it, even though they say it probably a hundred times. No pain. <laughs> Balboa is chopping the Russian down. I like that even the announcers are getting in the whole chopping action. Yep. <laughs> and then, of course, probably the front runner. <laughs> if I could change, and you could change, everybody could change. It's a stupid quote. I hate it so much because he didn't change. <laughs> the whole movie led up to him being him and he shouldn't have to change. And then the ending of the movie was him saying that everybody's got to change. <laughs> the whole movie made you feel like you shouldn't have to change. This is who you are. You shouldn't change who you are. <laughs> and it's just it's a dumb line. Uh, but I mean, he did change in the fact that he gave up the title and this all was just for revenge. So it's kind of like, you know, his career is kind of reaching a point where he's got to change anyway. Look what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm stretching. <laughs> stretching. If you can stretch, I can stretch. We can all stretch the but truth. Stretch. <laughs> and here's the other thing. In case we didn't mention it enough on these episodes, Rocky's not very bright. So him making a speech that sounds smart wouldn't really make sense. <laughs> yep. There we go. <laughs> so you kind of expect him to say stupid things. Stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... Um, so what do you think? Basketball. Um... Happy birthday, Polly. No. <laughs> oh, man. Happy birthday, Polly. I hated that fucking thing so bad. But if I do it like that? I heard one of the Creed directors wanted to have, like, uh, just a shot of, like, the robot's head being in Rocky's, like, house. <laughs> but apparently they haven't done that yet. But they should someday. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess the change one, just because it's so stupid and outlandish. I don't True. know what else there could possibly be. Oh, oh. I don't think he said too. it in Russian, though. <laughs> I do like that you added that the Russian accent. Drago. Drago. My Sloan accent. <laughs> yep. All right, we got to move on, though. Okay, let's do it. Um, Let's talk about the songs. Let's. Sweet, sweet. Songs. Um, there's so many good songs in this album or, or on that soundtrack. Ah, uh, God, I love it. Um, so we're gonna talk about six of them and pick, try to pick the winner. Oh God. To all me, right. it's kind of a tough one between two of them. They all sound the same favorite. so far. This, this is the first one from the movie that we hear. Um, because we're gonna skip like the first early ones of like the robots playing. Those weren't that good. But <laughs> all right, well, your favorite song in the whole movie song from the scene that should have been longer living in America
That's a good one. Uh, obviously, it inspired the, uh, the Weird Al song, Living with a Hernia. Yep. We from that. Um, I like that song, even if you hated that scene. I, I like it because it's just so I like the happy. song. I just did not like the scene at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Burning Heart. We'll do that one by Survivor, the same band that did uh, Eye of the Tiger. Uh, this one's not nearly as good as Eye of the Tiger, not not nearly as memorable, but it's all right. Uh, this is Burning Heart. So yeah, this uh, the next song is, is going to be "No Easy Way Out." This is one of my favorites. This is uh, the song that plays during the montage when Rocky's driving around, thinking about you know life and Creed's death and all that kind of stuff. Um, I really like this song. It's it's very good. It's thematic. Uh, it fits very well. Um, this is by a guy named Robert Tepper, I believe. Uh, everybody knows Robert Tepper. <laughs> you know Robert Tepper. Uh, but this, <laughs> it's a great 80s song. It's got all that, you know, kind of 80s rock cheese going on. Uh, this is No Easy Way Out. That's um that's to for me for my money is one of the two uh that are definitely top of the top of the charts tier. Um next up we'll do 
song that gets played twice in the movie um, during the second training montage. And then at the end of the movie, over the credits and everything, uh, this is a song called Hearts on Fire. gets me energized uh i gotta say like the training montage in, the, in this movie both of them <laughs> are so good that like they honestly make me want to like exercise like i'll just start lifting weights when i watch these <laughs> i think it's the music and i just like i have to fucking do something <laughs> i can't just sit there <laughs> hearts and fire farts also i think as i mentioned uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, I didn't mention on the show yet, but I watched this movie twice in the last week, uh, once last night and, and once like uh, last Sunday after we did the podcast. And I watched it because I was just like, I need to watch Rocky Four right now. <laughs> and uh, that time I was getting so into it that I was kind of like throwing punches and shit in the air. And I ended up like hitting myself right in the eye. <laughs> Somehow I pulled back and hit me in the glasses, knocked him right off my face. I was like, shit, they made a terrifying crunch. I was like, oh, fuck, I just broke my glasses. (laughs) Because you wanted to get all into it. You wanted to be Rocky Four, but no, no. That's a sign. Stop working out. Don't work out. Why? Because weights are heavy and you can punch yourself in the face. (laughs) I know. It was so bad. Uh, Luckily, they didn't break, but like I did have like this weird scratch by my eye where clearly it dug my glasses like right into my skin i'm like oh man i'm gonna look like a fucking idiot <laughs> what happened to get in a fight yeah but i won you should see the other guy it's me i lost it was the air in my apartment <laughs> oh man yeah so embarrassing times <laughs> uh this is going to be the next track is one of the two the next two are both instrumental tracks these are by that Vince DiCola, the, uh, the person who did the score for this movie. This is the training montage song. That's what it's called. Uh, it puts it right on Front Street. This is from the first training montage when Rocky first gets there and he's lifting up the, the horse and cart and shit out of the snow and all that stuff. Uh, this is a great song.
Um, yeah, I love that song. It's very synthesizer heavy and just very different from what they've done. Because up until this point, like the Rocky movies had just pretty much used "Gonna Fly Now" for all all the main training sequences. <laughs> this was their uh, their one you know first time getting away from that and trying to do something different, trying to be a little more eighties about it, I guess. And I really liked it. Um, it works for me big time. Yeah. Uh, even more so with this next one. This is a song called War. Um, this is the the final fight kind of song, except it goes in a lot of places that they don't even have in the actual movie version. I guess he wrote this first and maybe they didn't use all of it. It's like five, probably five and a half minutes long. I highly recommend listening to it. Um, even if, you know, even if you didn't enjoy the movie that much, listen to this soundtrack and this song, because this song really just takes you on a whole like it paints the whole picture. You can kind of picture the fight in your head and hear all the like, oh, here's where it's getting scary. Here's where it's awesome. And then like all the different parts of it, it kind of paints a whole picture in your head. Um, so the longest clip, I really, this is the end of the song. Cause really at the end, like I've never been more happy in my life here than hearing the end of the song. It just gets me so pumped up. Um, so this is war from the Rocky, uh, war soundtrack. Here it is. It's got that, you know, the class, it's kind of got an updated version of the old classic fanfare at the end of Rocky, uh, but with more synthesizers and like that kind of thing. And I just, I fucking love it. Yeah, Plus that's with the drum, pretty great. Just really banging that drum <laughs> and all those bells. God, I love it. Um, I highly recommend listening to that entire song because it's fucking great. Um, so what is your choice for best song? That's really Rocky tough Four? because Heart on Fire, I think, is going to be one. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. And it's between those last two instrumentals. I really like both of them a lot. Mm. 
for me, my top three are Hearts on Fire, War, and No Easy Way Out. No Easy Way Out is another one I was thinking. What? Which one's yeah. War? I don't even know what War is. That was the one we just listened to, the, oh. uh, the fight song. Then let's go with that. Since I can't yeah. pick between the two, let's go War and then <laughs> Hearts on Fire. Farts on Fire. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great soundtrack. Um, definitely look that up and listen to it. I'm sure it's on Spotify. Yeah, I'm probably uh, so well. That'll be Everyone, my next story yeah. inspiration right there. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It really does take you on like a whole journey of emotions, which is quite a feat for like just an instrumental track to actually like be able to remind you of like, oh yeah, this is when this happened and like fucking, oh man, I just, I love it. I love it so much. Um, well, you want to try squeeze in uh, a little bracket action here or do we um, just call it a day? Well, we are at Exactly. We're at about an hour and a half right now. So I don't know what the bracket is. Um, I don't know. I just know that the brackets take at least an hour. So maybe our next Rocky one, maybe we don't yeah. we talk as much. Rocky 5, I'm sure we, <laughs> yeah. we won't have to talk too much about Rocky 5, I don't think. So I think with the next uh, one we can oh, do yeah. that. We should. Uh, what do you think happens in Rocky Five? Oh, I, as I said before, I honestly have no idea. I don't know who the fighter is. I don't know what. I mean, just going off of what you already said. Now, see, see the problem is you fed me information. You fed me information <laughs> on something that I should never have known. But apparently, Rocky's somehow he's somehow affected by this fight, both physically but mostly emotionally. And I think what ends up happening is <laughs> mostly sexually. He uh, he divorces Adrian, uh, moves out of the house, and starts a small circus, just like Mick always said that he should. And he creates the circus. Thankfully, uh, in Nick Mick's name, it's called Mickey's Fun House. And basically, <laughs> um, he lives that lifestyle and, uh, and that that circus life with circus peanuts and circus elephants. Um, and finally, uh, and that's why a lot of people don't circus like Rocky peanuts. Five. Um, because it does really stray away from the boxing, but it does focus more on the entertainment of circuses, which a lot of people didn't realize <laughs> was a big thing back. I think this one was in the 90s. So, yeah, um, I think that that's where this one goes, um, and we'll go from there. I think, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but you're 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people are hating on that. That sounds great, then. <laughs> you nailed it on at every point. <laughs> Perfect. M I C K Y. Mickey's Fun House. Circus time for all. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish it was that. I wish. <laughs> but instead, we're going to get I mean, I, something different, apparently. I honestly haven't even watched Rocky Five in a long time. Uh, it was definitely, it was for a long time, it was meant to be the last Rocky movie. And for about 15 years, it was. Until they came back and decided to make Rocky Balboa, pretty much because people didn't like Five, oh. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, let's uh, let's come up with an ending people like." <laughs> Balboa. <laughs> Belbian. Balbi. Boom bye and boy. Those aren't words. Albi. Albi. <laughs> Rocky Albino. Albino. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk well, about Mortal Kombat you, uh, 3. I mean oh, 11. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Tell me all about it. All right. So I found out a little bit more information, finally watching a lot of the stuff. Now, in case some of you guys out there in the world of video games haven't heard, Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out. They've released a very weird, uh, kind of like a teaser trailer a few months ago or a month ago. It was actually the same. T- it was poorly planned because I think <laughs> the MK11 trailer released and then about two hours later the avengers endgame trailer released so i'm pretty damn sure sure i got overshadowed so um so then of course finally they kept saying that the 26th i think was going to be finally the big gameplay reveal and they're going to show more and more stuff from this now it does look like the graphics are updated from the last one it definitely looks more or less like uh injustice 2 Graphics, I don't think there's really much more graphically they did. It's very, very Injustice 2. It looks good. Uh, It looks very clean. It's very HD style. The graphics look good. The characters look good. As of right now, boy, here we go. I'm going to try to name the characters that they've released for sure so far. So I know for a fact, we know that there's going to be Raiden, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero, obviously. Um, Sonya Blade is also part of that. We got another look at Scarlet. Now, in case nobody knows who Scarlet is, Scarlet was a weird cheat slash Easter egg kind of thing in, I think, Mortal Kombat 3, where Katana, when she would come out, she, I think, it was some weird glitch or something that happened to where instead of pink, she was wearing red. And then that was nicknamed as Scarlet, making her this kind of like weird Easter egg when Mortal Kombat 9 came out, Scarlet was a, uh, a downloadable character. Basically, what she does is she uses blood as her uh, kind of like main focus of attacking and special abilities, which is really cool. Perfect for Mortal Kombat, which is nice. Um, but yeah, Scarlet is announced. Um, we get a new look, in, or we get a look, our first look at a new character called Garrus coming out. He looks cool. Um, he can manipulate time, but looks like he is very much Tremor-esque. Uh, he doesn't look like a ninja, hmm. but it looks like he uses Earth powers. Um, but he can also manipulate time. So he can actually put you in this, like, time stop um, to where, like, you know how, like, when Sub-Zero freezes you, and then he can run up to you and punch you in the face, and then you become immediately unfrozen. Well, Garrus can put you in a time stop. And he can punch you multiple times as long as you're still in that force field for a short amount of time. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But he looks really cool, too. I know that they have also announced that if you pre-order now, uh, you'll get Shao Kahn, which is cool (laughs) that he's coming back. Um, I'm always down for yeah. Shao Kahn, which makes me a little upset because then is Goro not going to be in this one? Because I love Goro. So... Well, I mean, a lot of the times they would have Goro be like the semi-big boss, like yeah. the one right before Shao Kahn, so he could still be there. I hope that's the case. Um, those are the characters we know for a fact that are going to be in there. Now, with some of the gameplay stuff, I know that I saw Liu Kang, and I know that I saw Kung Lao. So I'm pretty damn sure that those two are going to be in there. Oh, I forgot to mention Baraka is also going to be in here as well. He was also uh, yes. announced as a playable character. Uh, they did show... I've seen Baraka's fatality, Sub-Zero's fatality, Scorpion's fatality, Garrus. I don't think I've seen Sonya Blades. 
I've seen a lot of their fatalities so far. They're definitely gory. Brock has got a really badass one. I'm not going to sit here and try to describe them all, but I highly recommend <laughs> taking a look at Baraka's fatality is pretty cool. Um, Garrus's fatality is pretty cool. Oh, we saw, I've seen Scarlet's, which is lackluster, but the idea is cool. So we'll see how that goes. It's like MK9 or 10, where everybody's got, I think, at least two fatalities, but you have to unlock the other one. So, oh, I hate that. Yeah, I know. So do I. Um, so that's there. They've also introduced this new thing called Fatal Blow, I think, or Fatal something. It's basically when you're down at 30% life, you know how in most of the games they've always had the x-ray moves and you can always do them when you've got your uh, meter charged up all the way. Well, this time there's technically three meters-ish. Your life acts as one. Once you're at 30% life, that's when you're able to activate your final blow kind of thing. You're like superpower uh, x-ray move, basically. Mm. Um, you can't activate it before that. If you miss, there is a timer. It will come back. Um, it's after, it seems like maybe after like five seconds, if you can last that long, because again, your life's at 30% life at this point. Um, but if you do miss, just like in you did an injustice too, or you miss somebody blocks it. It will come back eventually, but of course you better be fighting for your life at that point um, <laughs> or running away to try to keep it, you know, keep it good. Um, the other two meters, you have a defense meter and an offense meter. So basically uh, just like in the other games, uh, you can kind of burn some of your super meter to uh, do a more advanced version of your superpowers or in this game, your special moves mm-hmm. um, kind of like where if you, throw an ice ball as sub-zero um it'll be you know it'll just freeze the guy but if you burn part of your meter it'll not only freeze him but it'll also do damage to him when it hits kind of thing um so it kind of does an advanced ability can giving it an uh, almost another effect um so they have this offensive uh meter which is cool they also have the defense meter which allows you to do special counters and parries and stuff like that when you burn that meter um it seems that's cool. I like that. Sounds very sp- complicated. It <laughs> sounds complicated, but I think with you and I, we'll probably almost never use the defense one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I use an injustice to the offense one, or I burn the meter all the time when I uh, play as green arrow, which is how I'm able to juggle <laughs> you or anybody or anybody who plays green arrow. That's one of the ways of yeah. really juggling characters is burning the meter. Um, so uh, that's, I'm glad that that's separate from the x-ray move, basically, because now I could still activate my x-ray move because I wasn't able to do it with Green Arrow ever. Not that I ever want to see it, but I couldn't do my superhero move or superpower because I'm always <laughs> burning my meter. So I was like, ah, I want to do it, but I can't because now i got to wait for the fucking thing to build again. So it's <laughs> it's nice that they separate everything. I like that. Um, yeah, that's cool. The graphics, like I said, look really cool. It seems like a lot of the special moves that are in here are really cool looking. They've changed a lot of different uh, moves up. Um, uh, well, I guess I'll get into that. You know how in Mortal Kombat 10, they had three variants to choose from. Mm -hmm. So those were all pre-made. You got to choose one and then you'd go into the fight with that pre-chosen, predestined, uh, fighting style. And this one, they're bringing that back, but they're changing it to where it's more customizable. Now they haven't released any details on this, but it's really, to me, it sounds like it's a lot like, um, Injustice in in a way to where I don't know if it's gear based. I'm not entirely sure, but I know that you can change your ability uh, or your special skills 
uh, in these different like uh, templates, basically, we'll just call them. So like if you're going to choose a, this template, it's only going to have this skill, this skill, and this skill. Or you can take like the ice ball and have it in all of them for Sub-Zero because that makes sense. But maybe only have the yeah. ice decoy with maybe a, DK, a decoy build and maybe have an ice slide, maybe more of like an agility build where you're trying to do more uh, movement-based uh, abilities in a different build. So it sounds like you can customize okay. your skill sets depending on which build or template that you're actually going to choose. I, again, I'm not entirely sure how they're doing this. Uh, if all these skills, which I doubt, if all these skills are going to be like uh, in a giant pool for you to pull from to where it's just like, okay, this is I'll use this one, this one, this one for this build and this and this and this. Or do you unlock stuff, or is it going to be equipment based like it was in Injustice, where maybe if you applied hmm. this piece of equipment, uh, like headgear or whatever, does it give me this skill? I'm not entirely sure. I do know that the graphics do change depending on what build you do. So again, not sure if really? these are uh, pieces of equipment because with Baraka, he's got the spikes that come out of his arms. But I did see on a, one of the builds where it had like green stone like up and down his arms and then he shoots out these giant emerald blades. So it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know how they're, how it's being done. And of course these are details that will probably come out later, but um, it definitely looks cool. It looks like there is going to be some customization with the game. Is it still going to be something that I buy right away? Probably not. Um, I yeah. don't think it differentiates itself enough to pay $60 for a game that it seems like it's going to be another money grab where it's going to be more microtransactions Nether Realms is loving how to loving this so far. They're just and the worst part is is people fall in that trap and they, that's what they're doing. Um, I didn't fall for it in Injustice Two. I don't think. I mean, I definitely spent a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. I think I spent a hundred dollars on that game so I can get all the I shit know. in there. Um, Everybody. I did the same thing with MK10. I spent a hundred dollars so I can get Goro and all the the DLC packs. Well, the first oh god that that was the thing that pissed me off. So I spent the hundred dollars, so sixty for the game. Goro was a pre-destined uh, thing, and then it was the season pass, or no, it was the first fighter pack. So I was like, "All right, that, that seems good." And then they came out with two more fighter packs after that, and I didn't pay for that. <laughs> so it was, I, I think I got the first fi two fighter packs, and I didn't get the last one, which had uh, Alien and Leatherface, and I think uh, the weird Triborg thing. Um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, they're going to probably do the same thing here. There's going to be probably these fighter packs that come out. There's already a lot of people speculating on what's coming out in these fighter packs, guest characters or other characters from other games. Um, there's a lot of people saying Spawn will be in this one. Um, McFarlane oh. said there might be a chance that Spawn might make an appearance, so we'll see. If, we'll see if that's the case. That makes that more sense. For Spawn to be in this game, I mean, I would love it if he was actually in Injustice Two, since he is a comic book character. But Spawn is a little bit more on the darker side, so maybe it does make more sense to put him in this one. We'll see. Yeah. But it sounds like that—that's probably going to be the case. Um, he might be joining this. Um, other people are said some really stupid ones that are coming <laughs> that they want to see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, know who else. Somebody said that they wanted the mask. Jim carries the mask in this one. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, oh, I would love it. Oh, I can't remember what else. They can make him more bloody like in the comics. That's true. That is a good point. Um, I can't remember the other things that somebody said, specifically this one guy. Rosie on, O'Donnell. I would love Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, uh, they're probably going to do fighter packs. They're probably going to do these guest characters. That they're probably going to get some more money. There'll probably be microtransactions within the game, just like they did before, where you could probably spend money to get what are called easy fatalities. That way, instead of having to do the crazy button combination, you just do the fatality. Where, of course, <laughs> back in the day, you can just learn the cheat code and just do the one button fatalities, which was way better. Um, but now you have to spend yep, extra money. So you, pay for it. so you spend $60 for half a game um, and you <laughs> can try to do fatalities like, uh, like good people. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm just going to wait like I normally do for, cause I got the last Mortal Kombat for what, 20 bucks and I got yeah. all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted you did have to wait until after injustice two came out. <laughs> to get it but i think i think what it was is like um it did get that so i'm gonna do what i did with borderlands uh borderlands came out and i bought borderlands and i was like i love it with all the dlc that came out i spent well over a hundred dollars from buying all the dlc and i was like yeah borderlands 2 then came out and i was like i'm not gonna buy this and i'm not gonna fall for the trap because shortly after borderlands one came out with all that dlc they came out with the game of the year edition which had all of the stuff and i got (laughs) pissed so i waited for borderlands 2 to come out and I wanted to play it so bad. God damn it, did I? Because I loved Borderlands 1, and I played all the DLC for that, and I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, and I did. I waited until it finally came out on Xbox One, and I bought it for 20 bucks with all the DLC and including a whole other uh, Borderlands game called the Bor- uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, all for yep. $20. It was ridiculous. That's how- awesome. Um, but yeah, so basically, I think that's what I'm going to do with this one. I'm going to take a page out of your book and just wait until they come out with the MK11 Ultimate Edition, whatever it is, the Qualtimate Edition with a K in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to do because there's just there's yeah. no goddamn way I'm going to spend sixty dollars for the base game and then to get more characters, another probably twenty bucks each for each fighter pack. And, of course, if you want the cool costumes that come with it, that's going to be another $5 for three costumes. You just you just <laughs> spent 20 bucks. You got all the costumes, all the characters, all the hidden characters, all the goddamn characters. And I spent way too much money. <laughs> yep. I still don't even have all the, the stuff from uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 4. Like, there's so many things. I'm just like, I'm not paying all this money for all these costumes. Like... Ten dollars a costume or some shit like it's not worth it. <laughs> no, I want these costumes. They look so good, but man, I'm not doing it. Yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait it out. Um, I don't think anybody that I know is gonna play it, which is why I got peer pressured into MK9. Uh, but I love Mortal Kombat so much. So when MK10 came out and I found out there's these other characters that are so cool, I was like, oh god. So I, uh, I was first in line at a GameStop and I just fucking straight up bought it. And I was like, yeah, give me all the good <laughs> stuff too. I even bought a controller. I bought an MK10 controller. Oh shit! Yeah, you went all out. Yeah, I was because I only had one controller. <laughs> Do you at guys the time. have MK fanny packs? I'll take one. I'll take an MK fanny pack, please. Doll socks? <laughs> Do you have MK doll socks? <laughs> but yeah, Mortal Kombat 11 uh, coming out soon. Looks pretty cool. Uh, like I said, sounds like it's going to be a merger between 10 and Justice 2. But we'll see how it comes out. We'll find out more details probably here in the next couple months, honestly. I think it comes out in April, which is usually what they do. It's every other April yeah. they come out with poop out a new game. <laughs> they do it on Hitler's birthday. Yep. Right on 420. <laughs> 420 blaze it. <laughs> Makes sense. Yep. 
Um, other than that, I don't think I have any board games to talk about. I did get to play some Dinosaur Island the other night uh, with Sean and his uh, his wife, and that was a lot of fun. Sean, of course, being Sean, very confused throughout the entirety of the game. Once the game finishes, he's like, I like that game. It's like you pissed me off throughout <laughs> the whole game asking all these dumb questions, and you're going to say you're going to like it at the end. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we played it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. He said it was a little convoluted on some things, and he didn't understand how patrons and hooligans worked, but he's like, oh, it's just the mechanics. And I was like, yep, yep, yeah, it's the only bit of luck in the game. So uh, Dinosaur Island's a lot of fun. Um, and then we played Dimension. Oh, that's a new game. Uh, Dimension. Dimension the Dice. Oh, I wish. I wish I could mention the dice. <laughs> Basically, Dimension is a uh, kind of like dexterity time game. So dexterity, I mean, is kind of like more of a physical physicality to the game instead of just like sitting there and thinking about what you're going to do. You're actually moving pieces around. Maybe it's like a puzzle or flicking or building, something in that uh, uh, that vein. But basically, in Dimension, you have prepare yourself. Well, I'll do. I'll I'll call them what the game calls them because there's gonna be too much laughter. <laughs> but we got you have five colored five colors of spheres. Yeah, most people call them balls. Yeah. <laughs> They're totally not balls. Um, yeah. <laughs> but basically, you got five colors of spheres, and you have three of each color. And what you're trying to do is on this um, on this player board that you have is stack all these spheres on top of each other the best possible way you can. And the way that the board's set up is you could only have a max of 11 spheres on your game, your gaming uh, player mat. Uh, you can't have any more than that. They don't stack any higher than that. So the max amount of points you can get every single round is 11. But, of course, that would be too easy if the game just let you could continuously do that. So there are rules that come into play. One rule will say if you're going to place any blue spheres, they have to be next to orange spheres. Another one will say you have to have exactly two white spheres. No more, no less. They have to be two white ones. Another one will say orange spheres cannot be on top of any other spheres. And then there's others. That's like a combination. You can have a combination of blue and red or blue and white equaling four. So there's now all these (laughs) things that I have to now try to stack. I'm trying to get as many balls to stack on each other because the more I have, the more points I get for that round. But unfortunately, if I break any of those rules, I lose two points. So, ooh, well, here's the here's the fun part. You have one minute to do this. So as soon as those <laughs> cards are done being flipped, you the timer starts, and you got a minute to try to put all these damn balls into a stack while following the rules. It is Shit. such a great game. It is a brain burner because you're just sitting there thinking. We played it like three or four times the other night. Um, it's a nice like kind of like it's weird to say this, but it's a nice like filler like relaxing game to just kind of play to because it's not this long epic game that takes an hour or two hours to play it's just like each game is probably a total of 10 minutes because it's it's a minute to stack them all and there's six rounds so i mean um it's it's really quick to set up and it's just it's a lot of fun to play it is it's very thinky but it's so good i like it dimension dimension the balls is it pretty cheap sounds like it'd be pretty cheap um, to make surprisingly these balls i mean the game itself i think was like 30 bucks um and that's because these balls are they're not like plastic they're like wooden balls they're really nice like uh oh, wow. solid spheres. so it's it they don't feel cheaply made um i mean the cards are just basic cards and then uh all the tokens that you get for like the points and stuff like that are pretty you know just normal cardboard uh tokens but everything else seems like it's very nicely uh made so um i i definitely like this game a lot i think it's an older game it's at least a year or two old uh which is crazy it's not one that just like came out 
Uh, but I just saw a video of somebody playing it. And I was like, I don't even know what the fuck this game is. And then they played it a couple times. I was like, I need that game. I need it. <laughs> and I've already played it quite a few times A phrase so far. that enters your lexicon very frequently, I think. Yes. Yes, it does. I need that game. Um, but yeah. Dimension the balls. <laughs> just don't let your penis get sent to the shadow realm. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh god <laughs> and with that i think it's time to wrap up today's show oh <laughs> but i wanted to do that more um <laughs> i had three more hours of this plan <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever let me have I was fun practicing all day um <laughs> Alrighty, well, this has been another great episode with the original Janksters. I'm Peter Jank, that's Kevin Jank, and as always, remember to flip that tip. Have a good weekend, everybody, and hopefully hear from you soon. You won't hear from me. <laughs> oh.